God is doing. I want to know what God is doing. Sometimes he tells me, sometimes he's like, just wait, just wait. But today I feel like I've got a word for you guys to help prep you for 2023. And I'm excited to share it. I'm going to share a little bit about my books because uh, the Lord was talking to me about this. I just finished a new book and I'll, sh I'll share that at the end of this. But um, the Lord was talking to me about there are people who have a writing anointing in them. And it's not necessarily, someone asked me this weekend, did you go to school for writing? And I'm like, no, I went to school for business. And, but God has deposited these revelations and these practical steps inside people. And it's not necessarily, we're not looking for some famous publisher to pick us up. What we're looking for is to get the word out that God has given us. So, because we know that when one person has a breakthrough, and they share that testimony of the breakthrough, then everybody else who hears it can break through too, right? So that really is the point of writing. I thought authors were like some you know, weird group of people that sat in a dark, cloudy room and smoked cigarettes and just wrote. But really, it's an anointing of, a God, of the Lord to give a revelation to his people to bring breakthrough for the nations. So uh, I just had to share that. Because I know there's people here that have words in them. Jen, I know you've got words in you that need to come out. And I know there's people in here. Oh, you too? Yep. Somebody's pointing at you saying you. Um, so sometimes other people know you have it and you don't even realize what you're carrying. And even a songwriter anointing, you know, just, just releasing the revelation that God has given you. So anyhow, I'll quit talking about that. But if you want, oh, there's other people pointing at each other. Y'all are like tattletales on each other, right? It's her, tattletales, remember that? So, uh, so Lord, we just release that writer's anointing. And it can come from a blog, it can come from a book, and right now Amazon is the easiest way to publish anything, and it's free. 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 It won't cost you anything. It just takes time of what God wants to give you. Anyhow, so I wanted to share, this book is called An Invitation to Experience Heaven, and it, it is about my heavenly encounters with God. And what he shows me in the heavenly realm that is ready for us to bring down. So if you're interested into moving into a heavenly realm uh, activation, I would encourage you to get this one. This is I am. And for six weeks, the Lord would wake me up and tell me who he was. And I know. And, and then he would give me, and it's just a, a little devotional, just a little meditation book of who he is. He said, I am the father who has established my covenant with you. I will be faithful to what I have promised. And it's just a meditation book. And this is a little devotional that tells you how to live an abundant life in Christ. So it's a lot of fun. My favorite story in here is uh, working for our father's business, the family business. And that's what we do. We work for God's business. Uh, God's Dream for Your Life was my first book. Oh, no, it wasn't. Anyhow, I don't know. I don't know the order. Please don't ask me. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I thought, that's not right. So don't, don't believe that that's the first book. But anyhow, a lot of people, when we were praying over our direction and transition, many of you said, I'm waiting to hear what God wants me to do. But God is inviting you to share what you're passionate about so he can partner with you in what you want to do. You know, sometimes we sit and say, Okay, what do you want me to do, God? What do you want me to do? And it paralyzes us because we're not hearing that God has already deposited a passion within us 
to be activated by him, that he'll partner with us. So many of us carry what we want to do, but we don't recognize it. And this will help you recognize it. And then this is my new book. And I wrote it when I left here. When I was here in August, um, God said, it's time to write. And it had been brewing in me. It's called The New Moves of God. And it's about what God is doing. And it's about new assignments, new anointings, the new path he's bringing us on as born-again believers. But I wrote it in three weeks. And it really was a miracle because I travel, uh, I work, I have a church. And uh, God would wake me up. The earliest he woke me up was at 2.37. I never set my alarm. He would wake me up and say, it's time to write. I wrote every day for three weeks except for one. He would say, it's time to go to bed. <clears throat> he would, you know, I would write until I had to go to work. He just worked it out, and it was like he held time. Have you ever been in this place where God is just holding time for you so you can get done everything you need to get done? And that was my de declaration. Even when I would get discouraged sometimes, I'd be like, God, I have so much to do. He's got, you've got more than enough time to accomplish what you need to accomplish. You have more than enough time. He is the God of time. And he can suspend time, and he can fast-forward time to work in your benefit on your behalf. So anyhow, so that's kind of fun. This is Jen's copy. I stole it from her because I sold them out. But you can always order them on Amazon, or you can uh, uh, order one today, and I'll send it to you tomorrow when I get home. So I have a lot of words for the house, but we're going to do that at the very end. Uh, this morning, I want to talk about what is coming in 2023, um, and I want to share. <coughs> excuse me, I got a I want to share what Pastor Jen prophesied over my house, my church house, when I was here in August, because it it speaks to the fulfillment of God's word in this time. And I did share it with the ladies, but uh, you guys are going to have to hear it one more time. But uh, Pastor Jen prophesied that our house would not be big enough to hold what God is doing, that we were going to move. And we didn't really have moving on our radar. But, our, but we needed to move. We just didn't have it on our radar. And um, within a few weeks after I got back, our landlord called us because we don't, we, it's hard to find space where we live. Our landlord called us and said, I've sold the building. And the new owners called us and said, you're going to have to move. We're like, okay. So we've looked and looked and looked and couldn't find anywhere uh, to move. Uh, a lot of places don't want a church because they can't serve alcohol in the restaurants because it can't be within so many yards of a church. So we couldn't find a place. And it was a lot more money. Then just a few weeks ago, our new landlord called us and said, I have a space for you. And it's one and a half times the size of where you are. And I will build it out for you. And I will get it all ready so by the end of the year, you can move in. So your first service in January will be in your new space. I mean, that is, that's fast. We have to get permits and all this kind of stuff. But he's like, I will take care of it for you. And so that word that Pastor Jim prophesied over us in August, you know, by uh, what's, I don't know what day it is. It's like the 16th of October. So by the 1st of October, right around there, we were all sealed, signed, delivered, and ready to go into our new place. That's the power. That's the activation of what God is doing now. It, we're in a, uh, we're, we're almost like on a, a speed track with God. 
as we released, you know, the word says that before it even comes out of my mouth, I will fulfill it, says the Lord. And that's where we are. We're in a quick fulfillment for his people. So, um, so let's talk about what 2023 is going to be. Um, I mean, it's going to be great for us. And if you think anything different, go to the word and say, Lord, show me the greatness of your move in this time of darkness. Isaiah 60 says, you know, um, yeah, it says something and you can look it up yourself. <laughs> you know how sometimes it's right there on the tip of your head and then all of a sudden it's gone. <laughs> it says arise and shine for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It says deep darkness has covered the earth. Has it? But the glory of the Lord has risen upon his people. We are the light to the deep darkness that has covered the earth. So when the news says it is really awful out there, you're like, yeah, but I am the light of Christ that brings break to through the awful. I'm the one who is overshadowing the demonic darkness that is coming on this earth. I am the gate crasher for what the enemy has planned. Because as the darkness gets greater, the lightness is brighter. So we have to understand, I understand the report that's being given, but that report is not my truth. My truth is what Jesus says, what the word says, what he is going to do in this time of darkness. And we will see people rise up in these um, kind of breaker anointings. And I will just tell you, our governor, DeSantis, he has a breaker anointing on him, and he is the one that is willing to stand up in the, and this is not a political message, so don't get confused about what I'm saying, but he's the one that's willing to stand up in a time of darkness and say, you know, I have sought God, and I have prayed, and it has cost us. We have been, we have gotten retribution for that, but during this time of recession, he has had such good stewardship over our finances of Florida that they pumped $1.8 billion back into our economy to cover our gas costs, to cover our food costs, to cover our, uh, especially diapers. You know, there was a formula shortage for to cover all those costs. And what that's saying is that there are people that are called, you and I, not just the governors, not just whoever, to rise up and be that gate crasher for what the enemy has set against the people of God. And who benefits from that? Everybody does. The governor didn't say, oh, only the believers get that $1.8 billion. No, everybody benefits. When we succeed, everybody benefits. And what happens is people begin to say, why are you succeeding? Because the glory of the Lord has risen upon me. And your deep darkness cannot supersede the glory of the Lord that has risen upon me, right? So we need to understand right now who we are and what season we're in. And that's what I talk about was what season we're in. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. So right now there is a season for every purpose that's going to occur under heaven, Right? And we are living in the season. So this is going to be out of the Passion Translation uh, that I'm going to share with you. It's Proverbs 10.3. And it says, the Lord satisfies the longing of all his lovers. We are lovers of God, right? 
And what is the Lord going to do for us in this season? The word says he's going to satisfy our longings. It says know the importance of the season you're in. And the lovers of God, uh, the lover of God is enriched beyond belief. The one who walks in integrity. How many walk in integrity? Let's see those hands up. Come on. Come on, believers. Right? Now, when I said that, maybe a half a dozen people raised their hand. You got to know who you are. You are people that are called righteous. You walk in the righteousness of Christ. That out of that righteousness comes integrity, comes purity, comes holiness, right? It says the one who walks in integrity will experience, now listen to this, this is for you, a fearless confidence in life. So I am not afraid. I'm not afraid of the deep darkness that's covering the earth. Because my God will take care of everything I need. I'm fearless. I am confident. And when people try to scare me about economics or whatever it is, pesticides, pestilence, what was that thing called? Um, yeah, but what's, what's that called? It's called a... It's called a um, uh, I can't think of the word. You know, like a disease. It's a... Yes, a pandemic. That's what it's called. It doesn't mean that it's not happening. What it means is God has a word for it. It doesn't mean that there hasn't been suffering and death and loss over it. But what it means is that our God has a word for it. It doesn't mean that the economics are not shifting. But what it means is that our God has a word for each one of us individually to cover our economic boundaries as our economy shifts. We don't have to be the victim of someone else's decisions because our God has already decided. He has already decided for us. We just have to step in and believe what he's decided. And the believing part's the hard because the, there is an onslaught of doubt coming over the airways. There's an onslaught of the standard and poor and the Dow index and this, that, and the other. And it doesn't mean that it's not a factual part of what's going on. But what it means is that our God can produce abundance and increase while there is loss happening around us. Uh, I told this the other night, and I'm going to tell it to you again, just because God is amazing. Well, one of my friends, I posted something. I don't think I told this. I posted something. Uh, on. I do a daily post of positive words. And I posted about uh, today I'm going to focus on debt reduction. She sent me a message and said, the hospital called me, and my emergency room bill has been forgiven, $5,000. She said, I never contacted him. Then our associate pastor had a $1,800 bill and the, from hospitalization, and the Lord kept saying, I'm going to take care of it, I'm going to take care of it. And he got a little nervous because it was becoming due, so he called them. And they said, oh, you don't know $1,800. In fact, you've got a refund of $3,000 coming. I don't know how God works all that, but he's the best accountant I've ever met. He far surpasses any CPA I've ever used. Because his math doesn't add up, but it always works. I'm telling you, I have been the, I have been the recipient 
of his more than enough. And in my new book, I have so many testimonies about it because right now we are battling for financial security against an unbelieving world that wants to put us in a poverty and lack mindset. That's what we're battling against. But God is saying, I have more than enough. God is saying, I'm going to have the hospital call you and forgive your debt. And that same month, she got a $5,000 inheritance. So she said, uh, she's getting married in November. She said, so by November, I want to be debt free. And in one month, she got $10,000. And the same associate who got the $3,000 refund, he was out for uh, a lot of August, and it was his best commission sales the whole year. God had seeding, the, the days that he was there, God had seeded everything he had worked to show him that he had more than enough. So let's go to Genesis. That is a good word. Because what it is, is we can put a demand on the testimony that we hear. When we hear there's breakthrough, then we can say, God, there is obviously breakthrough in the atmosphere. So I'm going to move into that atmosphere of breakthrough, and I'm going to step in to this funny funding that you're doing. And I'm not going to get a spreadsheet out and try to figure it out. I'm just going to put my hand out and say thank you. Thank you for funding me, God. Thank you for funding me. Uh, so Genesis 26, and then we'll read one other scripture about this year. Genesis 26, verse 1. There was a famine in the land. I want everybody to say famine. Besides, and it says, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, and you can go back and read that. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Jar. And then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Sometimes you have to plant where God has you. And even though it may not be exactly where you want to be, if God has you there, then he's got something for you to reap there. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. You know we're under the Abrahamic covenant, right? We, you know that we're under his blessing. I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. We are a blessing to the nations. Just like you were talking about for Pakistan, when, when uh, Master Nick, when we sow, we sow into Pakistan. And we were talking about how systematic Pakistan is. They're baptizing 2,500 people, 3,000 people. Well, they have their discipleship all lined up. So when they get baptized, they don't say, oh, great, run along. They say, oh, great, here you are. We've signed you up to learn the word. We've signed you up to encounter God. You know, so they, so we are affecting that nation. You are by just being in this house. And like you said, didn't even have to go there. Didn't even have to go there. Maybe one day. So sometimes we need to plant where God put us, and we need to stand on what he's promised us. We got to stand on it.
I'm always saying, God, but you said. And it's not that he didn't remember. It's just that I'm like the, the woman grabbing a hold of the hem of his garment. I ain't letting go until I see it. And he loves that ferociousness of his people. I want to be ferocious. Uh, one of the words that's come out for this year is people have been looking for the lamb, but the lamb isn't here. It's the lion that's roaring right now. And we need to understand we're, we're not in the gentle lamb season. We're in the roaring lion season. And we've got to learn to roar like a lion. There's a song out by uh, Elevation. I think it's called Lion. And it is all about learning to roar like the Lion of Judah. Okay, Genesis 26, uh, uh, verse 14, I mean 12. It says, so he is in Egypt, he is planted, and it says, then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in that same year a hundredfold. Are you ready for a hundredfold reaping? You know what you sow, you reap. If you sow joy, you reap joy. If you sow generosity, you reap generosity. If you sow uh, kindness, you reap kindness. And you can sow a whole bunch of stuff and be reaping a whole bunch of hundredfolds in your life. But it takes a sowing. It takes a sowing into what God, where God has put you. It takes a sowing into his promise. If he's promised you your kids are going to serve the Lord like uh, Isaiah 59, 21 says, for generation to generation to generation, then you're sowing to see that reap is the prayer and the declaration over each child and grandchild and great-grandchild, if you have them, that they are going to serve the Lord. That the word of God has said, so you're reaping in that prayer and intercession so the word of God can be harvested in their life. You know that you are the fulfillment of someone else's promise. But you're also the seed of the generation to come. You're the seed that will be harvested in the generations forward. Someone else sowed so you could be here. Someone else sowed so you could walk in the promise that God has given you. And you're the fulfillment. Just like Isaac was the fulfillment of Abraham's seed. You are the fulfillment of something that was sown 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 2,000 years ago. You are that fulfillment. And you will be the seed that will be the fulfillment that someone else will harvest. You got that? Did y'all get that? Okay, I want to make sure you get that. The, uh, verse 13, it says, The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. So do you think he was prosperous? He began to prosper. He continued to prosper until he was very prosperous. I mean, who wants that kind of ladder to, to walk up, right? I sowed. I reaped a hundredfold. I began to prosper and was very prosperous until I came really, really, really prosperous. That, that word right there, you can just begin to lean into, begin to sow into and say, God, heighten my prosperity where so when people see me they say not only is Courtney prosperous and began to prosperous but she's very prosperous because that's where she's sown into she's sown into the promise that God has given her and what happens 
the enemy envied him. We know when the enemy sees us prosper in the Lord, there is envy, there is strife, and there is division that will come against us. But it does not have to hold us captive. Pastor Jim preached on that Friday night. Go back. Are these online? Go back and watch Friday, Saturday, Saturday night. Go back and watch it. I'm telling you guys, because she preached on that on Friday night about how the enemy has come in, but we are greater. We are victorious. We have taken the position that the enemy had away from him. You know, the word says that when the thief is found out, he has to repay sevenfold. So what we need to do is start declaring our sevenfold repay. Where there's been enemy attack against us, ask God for revelation of what you've lost and then put a demand on the word for the repayment of what he took. Sevenfold. We need to understand the economics of God because his economics are nothing like what they taught us in school because it doesn't add up. You can't multiply it. You can't divide it. You can't find the square root of it. Because his bank operates different than ours. And he wants us to learn how to be the bank for our nation. The bank for the kingdom of God in this season. Just like Isaac. He could bankroll everything. So here the enemy comes against him. I love this. So they, they clog up the... the um, the wells, right? And so he goes to redig the well, and the enemy clogs it up. He doesn't fight with the enemy. He lets it go, and he moves on. You know, there's days that we're supposed to stand, and there's days where we're supposed to move on. And you got to know the season. you got to know what is God calling you to do. The warfare that we're in right now is much different than it was a year ago. And our warfare right now against the enemy is one through worship. It's one through declaring the word. God has not invited us to have hand-to-hand combat with the enemy. God has invited us to focus in on him, worship him, declare his word, and let him go before us, just like he did with Jehoshaphat, that as they worship, the enemy was routed by the Lord. There is an angelic army out there routing the enemy before us as we worship, as we praise. There's a song called Defender. It says, all I did was worship. You went before me. All I did was pray. All I did was bow down. That's the season we're in. We're not wrestling. We're worshiping. And God is warring. God is warring. Shoo. I mean, that, that just brings peace right there. Because we know that we're not like, okay, enemy, la, 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 la. We're like, okay, God, we love you. We worship you. We honor you. We declare you as our God. We declare that there's warrior angels around us. We declare that you're going to go ahead of us. Okay, we're going to go on with our day because God has it all covered. Yeah. So he goes through a couple of digging, trying to redig those wells, and he just moves on. He just moves on. But then, and this I feel like is a key word for us, He comes to, um, and this is going to be in verse 22. He moved from there and dug another well. And they did not quarrel over it. He found the place he was supposed to be. 
So he called its name Rehoboth because he said, for now the Lord has made room for me. You've got to find that place where God has made room for you. You've got to find that place for God has made room for you. So the word for um, 2023, I just Genesis 26, I'm telling you, the word for 2023 is it's time to grab a hold of the financial breakthrough that God has promised his people that we have not been willing to receive. Have you ever had someone try to pay for your lunch and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I took someone to lunch a, a couple of weeks ago and they're like, I could never have you pay for my lunch. I'm like, why not? Because you're the pastor. I'm like, so? They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Because God wants to give you what you can steward. So it's a steward training time too. We got to be trained to steward the finances that are coming in our door. You know, when the COVID um, uh, surplus, what were they called? Uh, like where they gave you money. Stimulus, we're called. Um, you know, I don't know why I can't remember any of those things. But when they, there was a friend of mine that worked at a homeless shelter. And you know what was in their storage rooms? 64-inch, 76-inch TVs. They took the homeless, quite a few, took their, and Nike shoes and this kind of stuff. They took the stimulus and bought possessions. It was filled. They said that they couldn't put anything else in it because of the TVs, the, the product, the product. And God is calling us to steward the shift. You see, if he's shifting $3,000 your way, he's shifting it because he has a purpose for it. Whether it's to pay off your debt, whether it's to invest in something else, whatever it is, God is teaching us to steward the economic conditions around us so that we can prosper in a time of famine. So when you think of 2023, think of God is shifting finances my way. That I'm going to sow and I'm going to reap a hundredfold. 2023 is going to be a big financial shift for the body of Christ. If you want it, if you, if you want to receive it, and um, if you just say yes to God. I think that's the big word for 2023 too. You just got to say yes. God, whatever you decide, I'm just yes. Whether I understand it or not, just I just said yes. Whether I want to do it or not, doesn't matter. I said yes. And you'll work it out for me. The other word for 2024, and then I'm going to start releasing some words over you guys, is Isaiah uh, 54, verses 2 and 3. And it says, enlarge the place of your tent. And when we enlarge something, that means we widen, we broaden it. We stretch it out. It says, and let it stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. So we're going to extend. We're going to stretch out. We're going to go much further than we ever thought we could go. And uh, this is a key part of it. Do not spare. Don't hold back. Don't restrain. Don't give just a little. Don't go only a step. Go all the way. In 2 Kings, it talks about when Elisha was telling the king to take his arrow and hit it on the ground. Y'all remember strike the ground? Well, he only struck it three times. And he was so mad at him because he said, you'll only have three wins. If you would have struck it until the anointing was no longer in it, then you would have completely defeated the enemy who's come against you. 
So we've got to strike it until the anointing is released completely instead of striking it and only getting half what God had planned for us. He wants the fullness for us. We have to not spare. We have to go all the way. We have to not restrain. We have to strike the iron while the iron's hot so we can receive the fullness that God has for us. And we got to think bigger. When I wrote this book, God's Dream for Your Life, I, uh, did the, I was doing this whole dreaming with God. And I had like, you know, over 50, maybe close to, I don't know, 100 dreams. I had all this stuff down. And uh, I looked back on it about maybe about a month or so ago. I thought, you're so small in your thinking. You know, if, God, if you can fulfill what you're dreaming about, then you don't need God to help you. We get a dream way beyond any capacity that we have. If we want to travel the world, we got to start listing the places we want to go. I listed that I wanted to go every seven continents, and I've gone to five of the seven. And they were just random invitations. One of my friends said, why don't you come to Africa with me? I'm like, okay, never been there. Well, when I looked back in my journal before I went, God had actually given me a word for Africa that I'd forgotten about. So when I went to Africa, to a, I went to a leaders, I spoke at a leaders conference, I actually released that word over their country for them to have breakthrough, and I didn't even know. So God wants to use our extravagant, wild, wonderful, sanctified imagination Remember, our imagination is sanctified in Christ. He wants to use that so he can help us go way beyond anything we can think or imagine. Ephesians 3.20. He wants to do more for us. I told you guys that I've been teaching this spiritual intelligence class. I think I told you that last time I was here. Well, we worked with a politician. We didn't even know who they were to ask God you know, what was on his heart, but they also worked with a pizza company. Did I tell you this? And the pizza company uh, asked them to ask the Lord. It was a Christian national pizza company to ask the Lord, what did he have? And they write a whole huge report. It's like big deal. But three people separately kept getting space, outer space, space. And finally, because there were three people, they went ahead and included that in the report. And the pizza company was like, that's the confirmation we were looking for. We're wanting our pizzas to go into outer space, into the space stations and stuff. I'm like, what? Because when you think, oh, I'm praying to God about this pizza company, and space comes to your mind, you're like, stop it, you flesh. <laughs> but, you know, it could actually be God trying to activate something bigger than they could ever think of and confirm what they've been putting money into because they know that that's their next step. Get our small minds set aside, God. We have the mind of Christ. Think bigger. When, when Jesus heard pizza, he probably wouldn't have said, oh, no, Father, that's not you. He would have said, yes, pizza. <laughs> we had pizza there. That was so good. But what I want to encourage you is stretch yourself. Because God will help you test it. He will help you confirm it. If we never write it down, then we never see what God is trying to do through us because we're so afraid we're going to make a mistake. God is not afraid of our mistakes. 
In fact, he invites it because with every error that we make, it helps us to grow and become bigger. There's a book called Failing Forward because every time we trip up or we make a mistake or we don't quite get it right, we can either be paralyzed or we can learn and grow. And God is in the mode of teaching us to be stretched and to learn and grow and not be caught by yesterday's mistakes, but be caught up in the future victories that he has from what we're going to learn. He's so, he's a good father. He is a good father, right? Okay, so we're going to expand. We're going to stretch. We're going to be crazy, wild dreamers with our sanctified imagination in Christ. That's what we're going to be. And all who wants to be can. And all who don't can go say, it's time for soup. It's time for soup. Right? I mean, because really, there, there will be people that you will share this with or you'll say, you know, I just heard about this testimony. And they'll be like, yeah, no. But that's not on you. We're not in charge of convincing someone to believe in Jesus. We're, we're in charge of being the light of Christ shining in the darkness, and they can choose to step into the light or stay in the dark. It doesn't mean we don't care. It doesn't mean we don't intercede. But I'm not stopping waiting for them. I'm moving on because God has a fast-paced speed train. Have you ever been on a bullet train in, use in Europe? They're fast. He is, has us on a bullet train in this season. And I want to be on the bullet train that serves lunch. We, we took one in Italy, and they serve you like a four-course lunch. And I'm like, that was good. That was good. It's like eating here all the time, all the food. Jen's like, let's go to the gingerbread house. Let's, let's, let's go to the what's goddess coffee place. Yeah, it's good stuff. So anyhow, okay, expand. We're going to walk in the fulfillment of our promise. We're going to prosper in a time of famine. We're going to know when to fight over the territory and when to move on. And we're going to be able to discern the move of God in this hour. Amen? Amen. So I have a bunch of words for you guys. And I don't know, Jamie Lynn, did you have some too? Did you say? Come on up. We'll just do them together. Is there a Giles in here? G-I-L-E-S? Oh, okay. Well, maybe that'll work. I'm looking for, uh, uh, what's your husband's name? I forget. Fred. Oh, I should have known that. Yeah, I heard it. I'm going to have you stand up, Fred, because I, when I was... Uh, re-sleeping this morning, I kept getting this. And this is what I, I heard from the Lord. Well, I looked up what the name meant, and it means a wearer of goat skin. And I know that sounds weird, but, you know, when you think about it, in biblical time, that was a big deal. That was a really big deal. And that was, you know, like a sign of wealth and, and, and growth. And, but uh, the name also means servant and shield bearer. And I felt like whoever stood up with this word, and it's funny because I know your family. I don't really know you, but I know the girls and Liam and all that. But when I, when I saw that, what I saw was, you know, like the Gladiator movie. Have you ever seen that? And, you know, he is just, Russell Crowe is like the ultimate integritous, you know, warrior, leader, team builder, shield holder. And that's what I kept saying was that there is such an anointing of bravery on you and that you are such a, a, a team builder, but you're also the voice that will rise up and speak to bring the rest of the team along where they need to go. So I feel like God is going to move you into a more expanded uh, 
uh, influence in whatever arena you're in. I don't even know what that is, but I feel like the, the Lord wants to expand your influence and, and give you that kind of highlighted um, uh, promotion. The enemy will hate you, but the followers will love you. That's a good thing. Do you want a mic? And then um, I had a couple others, but you want to? Oh, yeah, mine too. So go ahead. We're going to do house ones too. Yeah. Hello. Hi, I'm Jamie Lynn. Well, now for the men who have not seen me here this weekend and the women who weren't able to come. I'm excited you're here. Mine are for Clayton and Jen in the house. Um, I just saw, I have several actually. It was really cool. It was just like, because I do too. I do too. Um, okay, so I saw millennials coming into your house in droves um, through your evangelist. So I don't know who the evangelists are in here, but I saw you bringing millennials into the house, which then naturally will increase more families in the house. And then I saw um, a five-fold discipling ministry school where many prophets, pastors, preachers, teachers, and evangelists will be awakened and sent out from this place. And I even saw um, the part that made me go, oh, where the, is it Pakistanians? Is that how you would say it? Um, I saw them even online being discipled by you, but I also saw the finances from the school coming in, and I just saw kingdom wealth, be, I just saw it coming in and out, coming in and out, and I just saw God giving you more than enough to be able to steward every single vision that he has. He has like this giant bank account waiting for you, and so not to be afraid to charge the number he says because it's actually for him to be able to accomplish all. I've got a long list of things for you on here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I saw this vision bubbling up and coming quickly. There's not a long time to prepare because you already have what you need and who you need in the house to accomplish it. And it will be like, not normal, not like, oh, we've got six months to plan. I saw it like coming quickly, let's go, let's go. Um, and then momentum and quick growth. Um, and I saw you raising up pastors to build hubs overseas in Pakistan. So I literally saw, it reminded me of Heidi Baker in Mozambique. I went to her school and she's constantly discipling pastors. They come into a school for three to five years. They get trained up. And once they have received the yes and amen, they get sent out and they start Iris schools, um, Iris churches all over the nation. And I saw you um, training up these men to establish these hubs and then I heard Wisconsin will be in the news for godly miracles and and moves and moves of God and what you're doing here is making a way for this movement um, I saw new worship flowing from this house albums I talked to you about that privately I, gen I mean you have an anointing on your worship and it's not about being all over the world it doesn't matter what you what you have is in this house, you have the talent, you have the gift, you have the heart, you have the character for what we need released in America. And then I saw a food bank in the city. I saw people driving in your parking lot and driving out. I don't know if you'll have one already, but I just saw you handing food out, and I saw it maybe starting once a month. And then I saw, um, I did see you, you were the one in the parking lot. Of course. Um, and I just saw you putting food in people's cars, but I saw like the favor, I have chills all over my body, but I saw once a month and then I just saw partnerships of people bringing food in for you to pass out and the team coming. And also I see um, other people coming to serve outside your church to pass out the food as well, like local high school students, junior high, elementary, I just saw families really getting plugged in, which is another great way to 
let them feel the love of God. That's what I got for you. And I have uh, more on that too, because you understand if we're giving the word to your pastors, that is the word for the whole house. So whatever has been read, that means you too. That means you too. So um, uh, I had a word about there's been a growth in your prophetic accuracy, that God's going to take your prophetic revelation from inside the church to the outside. Uh, one of the things I see is prophetic revelation for your region that will bring an outpouring of God. It's going to bring an outpouring of God. You guys are being called to steward a move of God. And it's not just the revival in the stadiums that people talk about. It's a move of God that will seep into your region, that will go across your state, and will splash over into the neighboring states around you. So it is, it is a, uh, a high calling to, to hold something so dear that God is about to release for you, for them through you for them, um, that God will use your de prophetic declarations over your region as a fire to spread through your state. And I feel like that's one of the things that God is going to call you guys into is begin, to, and you may already do this, prophesying over your region, prophesying over your state, prophesying over your government. So, uh, and your prophecy will bring breakthrough for your state. And your state will be a light for Christ in the time of darkness, that your worship is so pure, your hearts are facing God, and that the strategy that you have, especially Pastor Jim, the strategy will be sought out from other people. Other churches, other ministries, other businesses will seek out the strategy of success that God has given you. And even though it's not going to be able to be formulated and boxed, you know, we know the bottom line strategy is seek God, worship God. No God, but, but, you know, people are like, I don't know how, and that's the strategy. It's the invitation of intimacy that God has provided you guys that have stewarded well, that's going to change everything around you. Um, so that's for, for your house. Uh, I also had a word for the men. So if I could have all the men stand. And God is calling up men to be fathers, and not just fathers to people, but fathers to the community. He's calling you guys to help bring healing into families. Not only maybe your family might need it, but I feel like God is calling this house and these men to be healers of families that have been in crisis and don't know what fathers really look like. And you carry uh, the anointing of fathers here. So God's going to use you to be the arms stretched out to display the heart of the father on the lost and the orphaned and the forgotten that need a father in this time. So I felt like that was for the fathers and the word the, is out of Malachi and it says the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers that you guys are going to really steward such a healing over the children who have no fathers. So we just released that over you guys this morning. Woo! Now I'm going to cry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is such a powerful move, and you can feel the Father's hearts here. When I come here, that's why I love it here, because I love the family. I love the fathers. I love to see the men just serving and just be willing to 
carry out tons of garbage because we talked about how much garbage do women produce. We can, we can compare. My husband's like, when you come home, I have to go to the garbage can two or three times a day. I mean, we just produce. But, you know, you guys just served us. And that is the heart of a father, right? So um, I also wanted to prophesy over every household, whether you're a uh, male household, whether you're single, it doesn't matter. Anyone who's the head of their household, I just want you to stand. And if your wives want to stand with you, that's fine. Or your husbands want to stand with you, you know. You know, look at Jen. She's like, I'm, I'm trying not to stand up. <laughs> but you can. You can. So uh, I feel like that the Lord wants to increase your household. He wants to increase your household. And not just with all the uh, uh, physical things that you need, but he wants to invade your household with his presence. He, he wants to be who you encounter when you wake up, who you encounter when you go to bed. He wants to be who your children see, your grandchildren see. He wants to be so ever-present in your household that when people come over, they're like, what the heck is going on here? I feel at peace. I feel healing. I feel whole again. God is just calling these you guys, the head of your households, to be the stewards of his presence in every moment of every day. The ushering in where people will want to just come be at your house because you steward the presence of the Lord so well. Amen? Amen. Well, this is a crying morning. Whew. <laughs> Let's not wipe it on my white shirt, right? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Here's my cleaning. I'm telling you, I just feel like there's such a love of God for each one of you. And he knows you all so well. And he has just this more that you've been crying out for that he is pouring out with, with, with joy, with just with gratitude because you want him. Because there are so many Christians that don't actually want him. They want to be in heaven. They just want to bypass the one who holds the key. So, anyhow. Okay, so next is my moms. I want my moms to stand up. All moms. Ooh, so, moms, this is a season for you. Uh, and the, the person, as I was laying in bed sleeping, while I'm trying to sleep, God's talking to me, I'm like, you know, I'm supposed to be sleeping. <laughs> but it's Abigail. And I don't know if you remember Abigail. Uh, she ended up uh, marrying David, but her husband uh, was not the husband that loved and really supported her. And uh, she was the one who came with this wisdom and this ability to solve problems, and this ability to mend what could have been a war, but turned it into peace. And I feel like that's what God is releasing on moms this morning, is that it is the skill of not only knowing what to do, how to do it, and how to bring peace, how to keep the enemy off guard, to keep the enemy out of your house, off your children, off your grandchildren, that God has really anointed you with a strategy from his heart for your family. And that he is telling the enemy, hands off the moms. Hands off the moms. 
So, Lord, we just agree with you that every demonic assignment against these women is broken down in the name of Jesus. And that where the enemy has tried to take them down, that there is a repayment that is coming their way. For every child that has been snatched by the enemy, that has gone astray, that has been lost to the wiles of the world, they are coming home. They are coming home. They are coming home. They are going to be the Isaiah 59, 21, that their children and their children's children's children will serve the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woo. You guys got some juicy stuff. I mean, you guys are a juicy, you're a juicy church. You just, you just overflow with love. You overflow with just excitement. You, you just have such a hunger for the Lord. And you just, whatever you want, Lord, that's what I want. That is what I'm after. So it's so good. Uh, I think that's all I have. I think that's all I have. Anything else? So can I just pray over you guys? If everyone will stand, I'll just pray over you. Then you'll have to sit back down. We'll have to get our exercise, you know. I'm trying to get my steps in this morning. So, Father, I thank you for this house. I thank you for, it says that the lovers of God will receive the desires of their heart. So God, I just thank you that every heart will be met and their desires will be fulfilled. I thank you, Lord, for what they're praying for in secret is going to be launched in public. I thank you, Lord, that every child that needs to come home is coming home. Lord, I thank you for every prophetic word spoken over this house, that it will be activated and manifested with speed. And God, I thank you that this is a house that carries the finances of God and that they will receive that word that Chuck Pierce had released, that they're praying for millions and billions to change the world and that they will be the fire starters for their state, that their state will be a state that's known. Wisconsin loves God. Wisconsin serves God. Wisconsin is on their face before God. And that that will spill over into every state, into every nation they pray for, a love and a desire and an intimacy with you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Woo.